Bible prophesied of a unique time on earth, Israel would be returned to her land, the church would turn to false doctrines, technology would increase, and wickedness and immorality would run rampant. The time spoken of so long ago has come. Join Charlie Garrett as he breaks down these events for us as they unfold each week. Uh, let's see here. It's Sunday. It's a new month. It's the 1st of September. Time for the Prophecy Update of the Week. And we got a couple of announcements. The first is obviously that Dorian, the hurricane, decided to bail out and go uh, to the east of us. We will not be affected by that, the Lord willing. It looks like it's not even going to affect Florida at this point. But if it does, it'll be a, a glancing blow. And uh, so we're happy about that here in Sarasota. And I want to thank everybody that emailed with prayers and concerns about us because... It just, uh, it was, you know, it, it's always distressful. I mean, you can't do anything about it, so why get all bent out of shape and pull out your hair? But it's still distressful as far as what I'm going to do, you know, as far as uh, putting on a new roof on my house or whatever. But we didn't have to worry about that. And I got a bandana on today from Arlene up in Chattanooga, and she sent it to me for Memorial Day, and that's coming up tomorrow. So we'll be celebrating that, and we've already got a little pre-celebration with that. Thank you, Arlene. And let's see here, um, I want to say congratulations to Kathy. She's come up from um, West Palm Beach a couple times with her family, and uh, she emailed me this week, and she said, Charlie, I have now watched all of the Genesis sermons. And they started with the Prophecy Update, and I like to nag people about, you know, you need to get into the Bible and stop watching all these Prophecy Updates, because they don't edify anybody. They just simply uh, distract you from the Word. Uh, more than anything. I'd still like you to watch the Superior Word Prophecy Update, but don't watch 27 other ones, okay? But she watched all of the Genesis sermons, and then she's immediately going right into the book of Ruth, which we did after Genesis, then we went into Exodus, and then we did Jonah, and then we went into Numbers, and um, ex anyway, we added uh, Esther in there somewhere. Okay, but she's going into Ruth. She's following the way that we went through the Bible. So I want to congratulate her. That's a real achievement because there's a lot of sermons in the Genesis series, but uh, she was blessed by it. And so once again, I'll encourage people that watch the Prophecy Updates to do this because she, she said it really, what's that? She got to see on the beach too. Yeah, she got to see on the beach. That's right. The first uh, year or so, they're all filmed out on the beach. So you can watch us. Uh, I have much less of a beard at at uh, times, and at one time I have no beard because the reason why, if you see I have uh, mutton chops and I have no beard, that's because I was working at the mall putting in new um, handrails. And while I was doing that, I had four posts to put in, and there's four bolts on each post. And so I was, you know, tap conning and with the hammer drill, and it takes a while to get the uh, the uh, debris out of the hole. you got to go up and down and up and down. And I finally, on the 16th, the last bolt, got tired of doing this. And so instead, I got close to blow the uh, concrete away, and the beard got caught in the hammer drill, and it pulled it right off of my face. In one three-hundredth of a second, I went from having a beard just like this to no beard at all. And so, uh, yeah, if you watch those sermons, you'll see that I'm all of a sudden shaved with mutton chops. It wasn't a shave. It was a, it was a problem. But anyway, let's see here. We have uh, Kathy, and then we have uh, one more thing before we, our first category, as always, is Israel. Okay, but about Israel. I, uh, you know that we're always promoting Sergio and Rhoda's videos in Israel. And this week, we watched it before we got started here a little while ago. This week is on something very special. It's a place called Gilgal Rephaim, which is a monolithic structure out in the middle of nowhere in Israel. It's the largest monolithic structure out in that particular area. 
and it is a really cool video. If you like stuff about, you know, reading about the uh, big people in the Old Testament, you know, the uh, uh, Og, king of Bashan, that was, his, his bed was like 13 cubits long or whatever it was. Maybe it was whatever, 13 feet, but whatever. It's a very big bed. He's a big guy. These are the people that lived in that area. And so watch that video. I think you'll be blessed, and I will link it at the end of this video. So our first article from the Israel category is from Ynet, and this is concerning the girl that was killed, the family that was bombed about a week and a half ago by the uh, terrorists over in uh, Israel. Hanea, this is the guy that's in charge of Hamas. Just want you to know how they took this. Hanea, attack the killed teen was a heroic operation. So you didn't hear that on any, any of our media here, but uh, Hamas leader Ismail Hanea welcomes the West Bank attack that killed 17-year-old Rina Schnurb as a heroic operation. And then from Fox, somebody else that isn't really popular on my list is Tlaib, the uh, lady up in Congress here, the Muslim lady. Tlaib suggests Israel occupation led to the bombing death of the Israeli girl. So this Israeli girl was killed and she's blaming it on the Israelis in essence. Instead of just having any compassion at all, that's what she does. Uh, Representative Rashida Tlaib suggested that the Israeli occupation was a factor in the murder of an Israeli teenager. From Zero Hedge, U.S. officials confirm Israel behind unprecedented airstrikes on Iraq. I talked about it a week ago, and this is something that Israel has come out, and they have confirmed this. They are the ones behind it. Uh, the U.S. first said it. Uh, Netanyahu said it, I think, last night. But the U.S. first came out earlier in the week and said, in an unprecedented escalation, which could reshape alliances in the Middle East, American officials have confirmed that Israel was behind an airstrike on an Iraqi ammunition depot operated by pro-Iran militia last month. The admission comes after two more mystery explosions rocked paramilitary bases in and around Baghdad within the last two weeks, resulting in multiple paramilitary members killed, at least one civilian death and dozens of injured, and which prompted Iraq's Prime Minister Abdul Mahdi to close the country's airspace to all unauthorized flights. Okay, now they can't stop stealth fighters coming in there and they will continue to go in and do what they need to do to protect Israel. But at least it is out Israel did do this and the Arab world did not rise up against them, which is it shows you that they are on Israel's side because these are Iran paramilitary forces that are doing these things and they would rather have Israel than Iran in their own backyard. From the Times of Israel, Netanyahu states hosting Iranian attacks on Israel will bear the consequences. Prime Minister Netanyahu warned neighboring countries that they would be held accountable for any attacks against the Jewish state emanating from their territory. Hours after Israel carried out airstrikes in Syria to foil an Iranian drone attack, we won't tolerate attacks on Israel from any country in the area. Any country that allows its territory to be used for attacks against Israel will bear the consequences. Hours earlier, the IDF said the attack drones that Iran intended to use against Israel were flown into Syria from Tehran several weeks ago, along with Iranian military officials to act as advisors. The plan was personally overseen by Iran's IRGC commander, Qasem Soleimani. Okay, so they are doing these things. It's causing all kinds of problems for Israel. The next article will show you how big this problem is. Newsweek, Israel appears to attack four countries in two days, bombing Iran's allies across the Mideast. 
Israel has reportedly struck at targets in four different countries. Actually, it's three in one little enclave, but they've, you know, decided to call the Palestinian areas a country. That's fine. Um, as it broadened the scope of its extraterritorial activities against the allies of Iran, Israeli forces openly claimed attacks over the weekend in Syria and the Palestinian administered Gaza Strip and were blamed for two more operations in Lebanon and Iraq. We no longer need to worry if it was them in Iraq. It was, but there you go. As reports of what occurred across the region emerged, Prime Minister Netanyahu hinted at his country's ongoing efforts abroad, telling a planning meeting that we will deepen our roots and strike our enemies. Israel has traditionally maintained silence over its international operations, but has increasingly opened up about some of its efforts, especially in Syria, where Secretary of State Pompeo said he supported Israel's right to defend itself from threats posed by the IRGC to take action to prevent imminent attacks against Israeli assets. So we, the U.S. is supporting this. Israel is out there doing what it needs to do, and they are attacking in four separate countries outside of Israel, but they are all attacks against Iran because these are proxies or they are actually Iranians that are in the countries that are uh, working against Israel. So they, they are doing what they need to do. From the Times of Israel, Lebanese president says alleged Israeli strikes are a declaration of war. Okay, so the Lebanese president has now declared war or said that Israel's declared war on them, which means they're going to respond. And then from the Times of Israel, Iraqi political bloc calls alleged Israeli strikes a declaration of war. So things are actually heating up in an uh, unusual way over there right now. We'll see where it all goes. But uh, these people are saying that this is a declaration of war against us, and hence we will retaliate. We'll see if it happens. From Aretz Shiva, Hezbollah attack will be met by disproportionate response. The IDF's Northern Command has been on high alert over concerns of an attack on Israel following threats from leaders of Hezbollah, Iran, and Lebanon. The IDF has deployed all of the forces already in the northern area, while a decision to bring more forces to the area may be made in the coming days. That is happening right now. Israel is stepping up their uh, northern command even as we speak. It's been going on for the past 24 hours or so. A senior IDF official said that in any event, any attempted Hezbollah attack on Israel will be met with a disproportionate Israeli response. So if they start lobbing in missiles or something, then Israel is going to go in and they're going to blow up missile bases. They're going to they're going to really attack well. So this is uh, something that we need to watch in the next couple of days. Lebanon in particular, wherever else Iran is stirring up the pot, Israel will respond. Okay, for Christian news today, before I give you any Christian news information, um, I have something that uh, about I think it was about eight months ago, we had uh, the Superior Word Satellite Church, which is in Kenya, had asked for people to help them to buy land. And they, uh, people stepped up and they really helped out with that. A couple people in particular did a great service for this. Uh, they have bought the land and now they are looking to build a decent building on that land because the building that is there is in terrible shape. Uh, if you saw the pictures when I posted them a couple months ago, um, they have made a petition to us, and what they've done is they've sent what they are handing out in Kenya itself. They've uh, got a thing where they're inviting people to uh, help them in Kenya to participate in building this church. And it will go from um, 
up until 30 November of 2019. They're handing these out there. They're asking people to meet, and then they're all going to meet on 30 November, and they're going to see if you know enough people have helped out. If anybody wants to help in that effort, building that church over there, uh, let me know, or I can hook you up directly with Oma, who is over in Kenya, and they are looking to do this, and I, I'm just letting you know that if that's something that you would like to help them with, they will have a church, and uh, they will be doing things for the people in the area out of that church. So there you go. That's a petition, and that goes through 30 November, and hopefully they will have raised enough money to build this building by then. Uh, in addition to that, we have other people that we help out in other areas of Africa and Asia. And so anytime you have extra money and you want to help people that are in the mission field overseas, and it just gets a, a burden on your heart to do that. Email me or, uh, you know, whatever, and we will hook you up with people that you can help that have much greater needs than uh, other people may realize, that you may realize. So there you go with that. Okay, from Christian News, Vatican News. Pope at Angelus. This was back a few, uh, about a week and a half or two weeks ago. Pope at Angelus on the Feast of Assumption. He said, Mary, now I always post nutty Catholic stuff, you know, on my Facebook page or something, things that are unbiblical and unscriptural, but this went way beyond the normal. He goes to say, Mary is the gate of heaven. Now, if you know Hebrew, the word for gate and door are the same word, okay? So he is saying Mary is the gate of heaven. In other words, he is replacing Jesus completely with Mary. These are excerpts from what he said in his Angelus uh, you know, hocus pocus speech. Mary, who is a human creature, one of us, reaches eternity in body and soul. So now he is giving her a divine nature along with her human nature. She, he's equating her with Christ is what he's doing. She reaches into eternity in body and soul, said Dope Francis. This is why we invoke her as the gate of heaven. Once again, replacing Christ. There she awaits us, just as a mother waits for her children to come home. The dope said we are like pilgrims on our way home to heaven, seeing that in paradise, together with Christ, the new Adam, there is also Mary, the new Eve. He is citing 1 Corinthians chapter 15, and he is once again equating Mary with Christ. Gives us comfort and hope in our pilgrimage down here. For those who are afflicted with doubts and sadness and live with their eyes turned downwards, the Feast of Assumption is a call to look upwards and see that heaven is open, continued Dope Francis. It is no longer distant and we need no longer be afraid because on the threshold of heaven, there is a mother waiting for us. Now that's taking the symbolism from the book of Genesis where Jacob had the dream of the ladder at night. Okay, we'll go over that in a second. You'll see what I'm talking about. Dope Francis concluded by praying that the Blessed Virgin Mary, gate of heaven once again, may help us daily to fix our gaze with confidence and joy on the place where our true home lies. Once again, violating scripture because Hebrews 12, 2 says for us to fix our eyes, our gaze on Jesus. That's right. So let's go to a couple verses really quickly just so you can see where the real error in theology is in this. And if you have Catholic friends, you need to let them know what is going on because this isn't just unbiblical. This is anti-Christian. Antichrist. So we're going to go to first 1 Timothy 2 verse 5 and it says therefore there is one God and one mediator between God and men the man Christ Jesus. She is not a mediator or a mediatrix or whatever they want to call her. There is one God. Okay I'm going to take you back to Genesis 28 and I'm going to take you to verse 17. 
This is the foundation of the Bible, Genesis. If you've never seen uh, the Genesis sermons, I would encourage you to do so. Well, there's a second plug in one day. Genesis uh, 28, verse 17 says, this is great passage too. And then Jesus talks about it in the New Testament. And he was afraid and said, how awesome is this place? This is none other than the house of God. And this is the gate, the sha'ar, the gate and the door of heaven. Okay, so he has proclaimed that this is. There is, a, you read the uh, whole account. Let me go back and we'll just read some of it. Then he dreamed, and behold, a ladder was set up on the earth. Then its top reached to heaven. The ladder is the mediation between heaven and the earth, which Dope Francis is ascribing to Mary. It says here, um, uh, to heaven, and there the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. And behold, the Lord, not Mary, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord God of Abraham, etc. So there you have the symbolism. You've got the gate, which is the mediatorial aspect of Christ, the human and the divine. The Lord is at the top, not Mary. So he's violated that one. And then in John 151, we'll take you there. And it says, in John 151, and he said to him, most assuredly, I say to you, hereafter you shall see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. The latter is Christ. It is not Mary, and she has nothing to do with this. Mary is a secondary figure in Scripture other than to bear the Son of God. That is it. Bible never puts any focus on her at all in this way. All right, in John 10, verse 9, we read this. I am the door, the sha'ar in Hebrew. It would be a gate or a door. I am the door. It's obviously written in the Greek in the New Testament, but he's a Hebrew-speaking Jew, okay? So I want you to qualify that. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, not by Mary, by me, he will be saved and go in and out and find pasture, okay? And then in 1 Corinthians 15, this will be our last reference, and we'll get into another less disappointing article, I hope. Let's see here, 1 Corinthians 15 which is the chapter where the rapture is first uh, spoken of as well. But we won't go into that today. We'll just go to 115 and verse 45. And so it is written, the first man became a living being. The last Adam became a life-giving spirit. And he is equating Mary to Christ in 1 Corinthians 15 by saying she is the new Eve. He's making an implicit reference to the fact that she is somehow human and deity and we can go through her to be saved you talk about the highest of blasphemy that i have seen in any article in the prophecy update that is it right there oh yeah from the christian post china removes bible god and christ from children's classics like robinson crusoe here we're sitting fat dumb and happy in america with billions of bibles in our houses and uh, dust gathering on most of them but in uh China, they're actually being censored on anything to do with the name of God or Jesus Christ. China's Minister of Education recently introduced a new school textbook to help the fifth graders understand other cultures. Included are four popular stories by foreign writers, including Robinson Crusoe, The Little Match Girl, and Vanka. However, each story is censored to remove any religious reference. In Defoe's classic novel, Castaway, Robinson Crusoe discovers three Bibles inside of a shipwreck, which he then uses as his moral compass while stranded on the island. Sounds reasonable to me. However, the Chinese version eliminates the word Bible, instead noting that Crusoe happened upon a few books. 
The Little Match Girl, written by Danish author Hans Christian Andersen, includes the line where a star falls, a soul goes to be with God. Okay, that's not actually good theology, but that's what he wrote. The redacted Chinese version, however, says when a star falls, a person leaves the world. Little difference there. And then Anton Chekhov's story Vanka includes a passage where a prayer is said inside a church, during which the word Christ is mentioned several times. In the Chinese version, the section is left out and every mention of the word Christ has been erased. The censorship of Christian elements isn't isolated to elementary schools. Several college professors also condemn classics containing religious words and confiscate them. Among these are The Count of Monte Cristo by Dumas, Resurrection by Tolstoy, and Notre Dame de Paris by Victor Hugo. In 2018, China's ruling Kami Party implemented rules on religious practice and announced a five-year plan to make Christianity more compatible with socialism. Efforts to make the faith more Chinese reportedly included a rewrite of the New Testament using Buddhist scripture and Confucian teachings to establish a correct understanding of the text. Now, if you don't think that can happen here in America, go ahead and vote for those lunatics that are in the left in Washington, D.C. right now, because it'll happen so fast you can't believe it. Right. We've got an election year coming up, and I'm not one to say that you must vote, but if you don't vote, you're throwing away a vote, and somebody's vote will count against yours when they vote for the Democrat Party of the United States. I recommend that you don't vote ever for a Democrat, ever. Not one single vote on any of them. Even if you like them, they're your neighbor and they're good people, doesn't make any difference. And the reason why is because they have signed the Democrat Party platform. Every Democrat in the nation has to sign it. It says that abortion on demand is what they expect. It doesn't matter if that person believes in abortion or not. They signed the document, and therefore they are implicitly involved in the murder of the unborn. So please understand that if you vote Democrat, you are contributing to the murder of the unborn in this nation. And their new platform will be out very soon, I'm sure. And when it is, I'm sure it's going to be even more wacky than the last one. So stand ready for that. Uh, the next one is not so much an article. It's a letter that I got from a guy that I know. His name is Bill. He's up in Delaware. And I want to show you the state of what's happening in churches around the world. This is his church that he attended. The local church I've attended for the last 20 years continues to go off the rails. I could stand the loud music, but I have friends who cannot. After all, the church has earplugs in the back of the sanctuary for anyone to use. If you have to give people earplugs, there is a problem in that church. Then there is the smoke generator, which added an effect. What effect, he says, I don't know. Then they put in spotlights. Okay, that wasn't really annoying. Then they enabled the spotlights to swivel around and point at the congregation. I then went up to the balcony one time, and the spotlights even shine in one's eyes up there. One time they closed the balcony and said they did that to encourage people to stay downstairs where it's more cozy. Then two weeks ago, it was decided to turn the church into a movie theater and game room, presumably to attract members. What? Yeah. When you went in, it resembled the inside of a movie theater with video games like Pac-Man, Space Invaders, and even those auto racing games where you have a steering wheel and a large screen in front of you. They had a popcorn machine. Now, I admit, we have popcorn here at the Superior Word. In our halftime break, before we get into the sermon, there's all kinds of food back there, and people usually come walking out with a cup full of popcorn, and they sit and eat it. So there you go. Um, 
but they have uh, they had a popcorn machine, something we don't have. We just get a little bag from Publix next door, and they gave out bags of popcorn to everybody. So they're really they're really into the popcorn thing at that church. It was ridiculous, he said. The sermon consisted of showing clips of Pixar movies similar to Toy Story and applying those verses to the clips. There were two people in costumes, a female action hero and one in a dinosaur suit. Now, this is happening in a church that he used to attend for 20 years. All of a sudden, within no time at all, and we had this happen to a church here in Sarasota, the one that I was ordained at. It went from here down to here in about 13 seconds, and now they may be making a turnaround. We're going to see how it is in the months ahead. There are good words coming out of that, but for a while, I mean, the guy went in, tore out everything, painted everything black, and it went right down the hill, and that's what they're trying to do here. Um, he goes on to say there were, um, uh, they stood, the uh, people in the action figures and the dinosaur, they stood in front of a brightly lighted backdrop, which reminded me of those Hollywood interview shows. So there you go, church in America, the world today. If you have a church like that that you've been attending and you want to get some good doctrine and you want to have fellowship with people, join the Superior Word online. We take communion every single week. People all over the world join us. We got a girl out in Australia that's there every week with us. She gets up, I think, two o'clock on Monday morning to attend church with us. We got people that attend from Japan and from Europe and, you know, just all over the place. And some of them don't have any church in their town at all. Some of them have crummy churches in their town. And I would say that it's probably better you attend online with us than go to a crummy church where you're going to have that kind of nonsense. But please attend church. You're not going to get edified in the Word of God unless you're attending a church. And it's not going to happen through watching 27 Prophecy Updates. So, here we go. Islam today. Arts Shiva says, U.S. State Department removes all mention of the Fakistanian Authority. I don't know if you heard about that, but that's a good move on our part. The U.S. State Department website has deleted the Fakistanian Authority from the list of countries and areas on its website. No mention of them at all anymore. Why? They're not a country. They never were a country, and they never have been a country. So why recognize them? Until recently, the Fakistinians appeared on the site under the name of the Fakistinian Authority. And before that, the Fakistinian territories. Over the past year, there has been a significant devaluation of the Fakistinian status on the U.S. side, with the State Department ordering to remove any reference that included the word occupied territories in reference to the Fakistinian Arabs. Now, the very existence of a Fakistinian authority is not present on the official website representing the State Department. What a wonderful president we have that has been getting these things back to the way they should be. If they get recognized as a country someday, which is going to happen because, you know, the, the Bible says that this is coming, the land is going to be divided, and if people want to recognize them as a nation, fine. But don't put the cart before the horse in order to make some type of political statement that doesn't help anything in the process, all right? The world's going to destroy itself anyway. That's coming soon to a tribulation period near you. But having all these countries just do things arbitrarily is crazy. Anyway, so I'm happy for our president and the State Department, which is actually being run properly for once. From Front Page Mag, Alabama GOP passes a resolution calling for expulsion of Representative Omar over anti-Semitic language. I just love it. I mean, obviously, it's a state GOP. It doesn't affect anything, but I'm glad they did this. The body passed a resolution introduced by State Representative Tommy Haynes calling for Alabama's con congressional delegation to seek the expulsion of their Democrat colleague Omar. Haynes took to the floor of the meeting to make a case for his proposal. 
It's just simply asking this body to ask the U.S. delegation, the Alabama delegation in Washington, D.C., to start proceedings to unseat Ilan Omar, Congresswoman from Minnesota. This woman is continuously spewing anti-American rhetoric, anti-Semitism. She is un-American. She came from a war-torn country to Somalia to seek protection under Lady Liberty's hand. The resolution notes that Representative Omar falsely accused American armed forces of committing war crimes, sympathized with a convicted terrorist, and has a record of using anti-Semitic language. At least somebody's speaking out on this. This lady is a terrible part of our Congress, which is, you know, the left is all terrible anyway, but she's a really terrible part of the terrible left. So I hope that somebody will, you know, she's got some people that are looking into her, her life. She's done all kinds of illegal things. She's given contributions to a lover who has now divorced his wife in order to be with her. She gave, I think, $230,000 to his firm illegally. There's all kinds of things that she has done. She claimed being married to one person when she was married to another. This is all coming out through Judicial Watch, which is not partisan, by the way. Judicial Watch just simply watches the world and tries to report what is wrong, and they're doing a good job of it. Hopefully, she'll be in prison soon, but we'll see what happens. From Zero Hedge, in 2019, bombings and explosions up 45% in Sweden. Compared to the same period from January to July in 2018, the occurrence of explosive incidents and bombings in Sweden skyrocketed 45% this year. Statistics revealed by authorities showed that Sweden saw 120 explosive events, whereas that same number from 2018 was only 83. According to paper Dagens Nyheter or something, 157 explosions took place across the country in 2018, while the Crime Prevention Council, BRA, reported 108 instances of destruction via explosion last year. Now, this is a teeny little country. With all of these explosions, and the left is worried about our gun problem, right? (sighs) Guess what? goes on. It says uh, the number differs, uh, but all of the organizations agree that 2019 has seen a rise in bombings. Criminologist Sven Granath detailed on the explosions, explaining, yes, unfortunately, it has increased. Why, we do not know. This may be due to the increase in gun violence at the national level. In individual locations, there may be or uh, one or more conflicts between criminal networks, but it is very difficult to know. They're working around the actual reason. They don't want to say it, and we all know what the reason is. It goes on. It says, um, according to police, the nature of explosions have shifted in recent years. At one point, hand grenades were more common in Swedish bombings, but now dynamite stolen from construction sites has become the new norm. Hello, Miss Garrett. How are you? Good to have you here. Sweden's southern city of Malmo has been faced with a high number of explosion cases in the last several years, with 58 cases in 2017, 45 last year, and 23 so far this year. Notably, the city saw three explosions in the span of just 24 hours earlier this year. It seems that authorities willingly bury their head in the sand regarding the similar correlation of an increase in migrants and refugees as bombings and explosions also rise. Experts and officials can call it organized crime if it makes them feel better, but it is wholly ignoring the true problem at hand. The reality of the situation that the importation of third world invaders 
into a once prosperous and stable first world country has turned it into an unsafe and tumultuous battle zone where the threat of explosions place high in the minds of the citizens. After all, you reap what you sow and Sweden is doing that tenfold. Now, this is exactly what would have happened and continue to increase in America if we had elected another Democrat. That's exactly what would have happened. Our current president has stopped this type of thing. Thank goodness. It's probably only a temporary reprieve. At some point, we're going to get another Democrat in the White House, and he'll have a Democrat House and a Democrat Senate. And when that happens, this nation will be ruined in those two years. Mark my words, it'll be too late to do anything about it if all three of those branches of government are, or the House and the Senate and the uh, president are Democrat, okay? The Supreme Court will have some things that they can throw out possibly because they're kind of leaning uh, conservative right now, but this nation will be done. So be sure to, if you are uh, willing to get out there and vote, which you should, Vote Republican. I understand that there are a lot of bad people on the Republican side as well, but that is irrelevant to the direction of this nation will go otherwise. Okay, from Mongolia, New York Times. This is rather cool. 70-year-old man wins. 70-year-old man wins a 1,000-kilometer horse race in Mongolia. Guy named Bob Long, 70, became the oldest person to finish what the Guinness World Records calls the longest multi-horse race in the world. He also came in first. The annual race, a grueling 1,000-kilometer competition across the steppes of Mongolia, held over 10 days, traces the former male roots of Genghis Khan with riders changing horses every 40 kilometers. According to the website for the Adventurists, the travel organization behind the contest, and other real-world obstacle courses, its site says it's fighting to make the world less boring. Mr. Long, an amateur rider from Boise, Idaho, beat out 43 competitors this year, riding about 100 hours in about seven and a half days on 28 different horses. All right, any 70-year-olds in here want to try that next year? I wouldn't try it, and I'm not 70 yet, so goodness gracious. 70 years old, flew across the world to do it, which means he probably had a little bit of jet lag, and he still beat everybody. Good job there, Bob Long. From Daniel 12 Technology, I entitled this Good News, You're No Longer Needed. From Gizmodo, UPS has been delivering cargo in self-driving trucks for months, and no one knew. 18-wheelers driving down the road, self-driving. Yes, the self-driving freight truck startup Too Simple has been carrying mail across the state of Arizona for several weeks. UPS announced that its venture capital arm has made a minority investment in Too Simple. The announcement also revealed that since May, two simple autonomous trucks have been hauling UPS loads on a 115-mile route between Phoenix and Tucson. Around the same time as the UPS and two simple program began, the United States Postal Service and two simple publicized a two-week pilot program to deliver mail between Phoenix and Dallas, a 1,000-mile trip. As The Verge reports, Too Simple puts its own autonomous tech, which relies on nine cameras and two LIDAR sensors in Navistar vehicles. The partnership announced states that Too Simple has been helping UPS understand how to get to level four autonomous driving where a vehicle is fully autonomous and able to reach a particular location. At this point, the two simple trucks carrying packages for UPS still have an engineer and a safety driver riding along. The thing is driving. They're not doing any of that, but they're just monitoring what's going on. When UPS reaches level four, 
it won't need anyone behind the wheel. They'll just send the truck out, out it goes, and so truck drivers are becoming obsolete. You're no longer needed. And then from Mail Online, new AI can diagnose life-threatening heart arrhythmia in 10 seconds by spotting patterns that are invisible on a standard EKG. So doctor looks at this thing, he doesn't even know it's there, and this thing can read it. The researchers trained AI to recognize atrial fibrillation. Is that what you had? No. No, okay. Well, that's what they're looking at. An irregular and rapid heart rate that can cause fatal heart attacks and strokes. EKGs don't always detect AFib, and the results can often come back as negative. The AI model detected AFib with about 79% accuracy on single tests and 83% accuracy with multiple tests. Doctors said the technology could one day be implemented in smartphones. So you get your smartphone, check yourself out, let you know if you've gone into AFib, whatever. Yeah, I, I will put that into my smartphone just in case I ever have oh, a right. heart problem. Yeah, my iPad, sure. Um, revelation plagues today. I call this, that's bananas. The first one is dealing with something that's just crazy. That's bananas. And the second one is dealing with bananas, yes. Okay, USA Today, magic mushrooms for better health. Psychedelic drugs are having a moment across the United States. You, you let one door open and the next opens and the next and the next and the next and the next. Tucker Max tried to drown his childhood sadness in booze and sex. That didn't work, although it netted him a best-selling book and a movie based on his story. As he got older, he tried working out and got fit, but still felt lousy. He also tried business, co-founding, publishing, house, scribe media, but his mind still struggled. It wasn't until he turned to MDMA and psilocybin, magic mushrooms, that he finally found something he believes altered his brain chemistry for the better. So they're promoting this in this article. The way the article is written, it's, this is the great next thing for you, all of you people out there. Okay, after taking a large dose of mushrooms at a spiritual retreat in South America, Max had what he describes as a life-changing mental journey akin to a near-death experience. Like many other mushroom users, Max43 claims the substance opened his mind to a new way of seeing the world, allowing him to make permanent changes to his brain. Mental floss. Yeah, yeah, mental <laughs> floss, exactly. You want it, you want the answer to your dilemmas in life? You want to he, he what did he do? Childhood sadness. Here's the answer right here. He still felt lousy. Here's the answer right here. He couldn't uh, get through uh, his business without his mind struggling. Here's your answer right here. This is the cure to your ills. Not all of this stuff that they're promoting in these crazy articles from USA Today. I report on this about once a year. The Cavendish bananas are punching their ticket. We're not going to have them pretty soon. It's been in Asia for years. It is now moved. U.S. banana imports on alert after disease makes a long, dreaded arrival in Colombia. It might not be obvious at the supermarket, but the banana industry is fighting to protect the most popular variety of the fruit from a destructive fungus. A disease that ravages banana crops has made its long-dreaded arrival in Latin America, the biggest exporter of the crop. That's reigniting worries about the global market's dependence on a single type of banana, the Cavendish, which is known for its durability in shipping. For years, scientists have said big banana companies like Chiquita and Dole would eventually need to find a new banana variety as the disease spread in countries in Asia and elsewhere. Like I said, we've reported on that several times over the past few years. Then this month, 
The fungus was confirmed in Colombia, one of the top exporters in Latin America, prompting officials in the country to declare a state of emergency. While all sorts of bananas are grown around the world for domestic consumption, the ones shipped to places including the United States and Europe or the EU are mostly Cavendishes. Mass producing just one kind is a way to keep costs down, which also helps make bananas so widely available. Bananas are also hard to breed, and finding varieties situated to global commerce isn't easy. In addition to being productive, Cavendish plants yield bananas that can survive the trip from warm climates to far-flung supermarkets without ripening too quickly. That's the problem with bananas, is if you grow them in your backyard, anybody got bananas in your backyard, you know that they do not last. They grow, if you don't eat them right away and give half of them to your neighbors and bring some to the superior word, they're gonna be bad, okay? That's just the way it is. It's like my mangoes. People come and they buy my mangoes at the house and I say, make sure that you watch them because they ripen very quickly and then they're bad. You can't ship these, you don't find them in the stores, but they are the best mangoes on the planet. The ones that you buy in your store or the ones that I saw in Publix this morning come from like South America. They can pick them early, they can ship them, they don't taste as good. They'll give you a little bit of mango flavor, but they're not going to give you the Kent yumminess that we have at our house, okay? Or here at the Superior Word. So there you go, but that's the problem with them. And it says, um, still history has shown the risks of relying on a single banana variety. Not that long ago, the world market was ruled by another banana, the Gross Mikel, a.k.a. the Big Mike. Experts say it was even easier to ship than the Cavendish and sweeter. Either way, the Gross Mikel was ravaged by the 1950s by an earlier strain of the disease now stalking the Cavendish. So it punched its ticket. Our Cavendish are about to do so as well. And when that happens, we may not have any bananas in the U.S. except people that can grow them in Florida or places where it's warm enough for a few months a year. Because they take a long time to grow before they start having bananas. And then they have bananas, and if it freezes, then they're no good. So there you go. Morality today. Life site. Louisiana. Oh, you know what I did this morning talking about bananas? I picked the first five coconuts off of a coconut tree that I've been growing for. You know, I got coconut palms all over the backyard, but one of them had coconuts and they were hanging out over the bay, so it means when they do drop off, they're going to float away, and I didn't want that, so I went out there and I picked the five that were ripe off that tree, so we're going to have some coconuts here this week there, Missy. That's my beautiful wife sitting up there. She's salivating right now. They look really good, and uh, of course, um, I uh, will bring some into the superior word if she doesn't eat them all, so there you go with that. But that's the uh, first batch off of this particular tree, so I'm all excited to see how they taste. Okay, morality, life site, Louisiana governor candidate. This is a governor candidate for the state of Louisiana. He has a brain. As a doctor, I can assure you there are only two genders. Yes, a Republican lawmaker running to become Louisiana's next governor has a new campaign ad succinctly declaring his conservative stances, including that life begins at conception, good job, and there are only two genders. If I live there, he'd get my vote now, and then I'd vote for him again. I'd swap to a Democrat, but I'd still vote Republican on the primary because you can go over the lines in the uh, primary election, so I'd vote twice for the guy. Anyway, but no, I wouldn't. I would never change to a Democrat, even to vote twice. Wouldn't do it. Mail Online, Canadian single father who canceled the babysitter when he discovered it was a 28-year-old male on the website is sued for breaching his human rights. Yes, imagine this. Imagine, I wonder how this is going to turn out because Canada has gone over the deep end. 
I wonder how this is going to turn out. A single Canadian father has been accused of violating his province's human rights act by questioning a prospective babysitter about his gender and age. The father identified only as Todd F. is being investigated by Alberta HRC after a complaint was filed against him. Prospective babysitter James Krynowski, this is a crybaby, is claiming discrimination after Todd stopped replying when he told him he was a 28-year-old male. According to his legal counsel, Todd's dinner plans fell through and he no longer required a sitter, so felt no need to continue the interaction. So you can't even change your mind anymore in Canada without being investigated. <laughs> That is a scary place to be, especially when you don't want somebody that is harmful to your children watching your children. But such is life. Mail Online. Supermodel says magazine's apology for picturing a different black girl in a story about her won't undo the unintentional racism. So now you can be unintentionally racist. They, took a, they had a person that is in an article. They put the wrong photo of another person in the article, and she says, you are unintentionally racist. And so now they've got a label. They've got a stigma against them because they posted the wrong photo. This happens to me all the time. When people are posting things like um, uh, the movie, what is it, Total Recall with Arnold Schwarzenegger, they put me in there by accident. Happens all the time. <laughs> I never think there's anything wrong with it. Or Clint Eastwood. I've been put on Clint Eastwood things dozens of times. I don't understand why people can't just let things go, but they can't. Anyway, our other category. I call this climate schlimate. BBC, Amazon fires Brazil to reject G7 offer of $22 million aid. You may have heard this. It was earlier in the week, but I've included it with a lot of climate stuff. The Brazilian government has said it will reject an offer of aid from the G7 countries. They're trying to make a political statement by getting Brazil to take this money, right? So, the uh, countries to help tackle fires in the Amazon forest. They say the money is not needed and accuse foreign powers of wanting control of the Amazon. Commenting on the G7 offer of aid, Brazilian President Bolsonaro's chief of staff said, thanks, but maybe those resources are more relevant to reforest Europe. Macron cannot even avoid a predictable fire in a church that is part of the world's heritage, and he wants to give us lessons for our country? I love this guy. Mr. Lorenzoni added in a reference to the fire that hit Notre Dame Cathedral in Paris in April. Foreign Minister Ernesto, I can't pronounce his last name, says there are already mechanisms under the auspices of the UN Climate Convention to fight deforestation. Efforts of some political currents to extrapolate real environmental issues into a fabricated crisis as a pretext for introducing mechanisms for external control over the Amazon are very evident, he added in a tweet, which is exactly what they want to do. They want complete control over that just as our previous president wanted to control all of the areas that weren't already controlled by the U.S. government. He put all these other places under there. Remember, he tried to do that with a whole swath of the North Atlantic, and I think that's still in the courts. He designated it as sometime a marine conservancy, so you can't fish there, you can't do anything. I think that's still in the courts. I mean, it's terrible what these liberals are trying to do. From Zero Hedge, Trump skips G7 climate meeting says won't risk U.S. wealth on dreams. 
while Trump's fellow world leaders were hashing out a solution to the fires in the Amazon, Trump was elsewhere talking to reporters about how he's more focused on growing the tremendous wealth of the United States. I feel that the United States has tremendous wealth. The wealth is under its feet. I've made that wealth come alive. We are now the number one energy producer in the world, and soon it will be by far. I'm not going to lose that wealth. I'm not going to lose it on dreams, on windmills, which frankly aren't working too well. Why waste money on wind turbines when all they do is cause cancer? He's, he's just great. Meanwhile, the G7 leaders discuss the fires in the Amazon and what is to be done. And has anybody heard this in the past couple of weeks? I've heard this for years. The Amazon is the lungs of the earth and it produces 20% of all of the oxygen in the world. Have you all heard that? Yeah. Do you know why that's not true? Here's why. I, I knew this all along, but I went and got the actual statistics so that I can read them to you. The Amazon does not produce 20% of the world's oxygen. Prochlorococcus and other ocean phytoplankton are responsible for 70% of the Earth's oxygen production. It is the oceans which produce oxygen. So the Amazon produces 20% of 30% of the world's oxygen. That is where the lie is, okay? And they have lots of Amazon left. What is burning is not even Amazon forest for the most part. It is lands which were cleared and are being re-cleared for more uh, agricultural work. That is what's going on. That's 6%. That's 6% then. 6%. Real clear energy. Climate alarmists foiled. No U.S. warming since 2005. They've been saying it's been going up, 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 and I've reported on this a couple of years ago. Does anybody remember why the numbers were going up, other than the people that fudged them at, in the government, which they got a hold of them, but why were the numbers going up? Does anybody remember this? They took the temperature gauges and they put them on hot roofs. They put them by parking lots. They put them in cities, which doesn't give you a reliable counting of anything. So here we go. When American climate alarmists claim to have witnessed the effects of global warming, they must be referring to a time beyond 14 years ago. That is because there has been no warming in the United States since at least 2005, according to an updated data from NOAA. In January 2005, NOAA began recording temperatures at its newly built USCRN, which includes 114 pristinely maintained temperature stations spaced relatively uniformly across the lower United States. NOAA selected locations that were far away from urban and land development impacts that might artificially taint temperature readings. The USCRN has eliminated the need to rely on and adjust the data from outdated temperature stations. Strikingly, USCRN temperature stations show no warming since 2005 when the network went online. If anything, US temps are now slightly cooler than they were 14 years ago. You are being lied to on a industrial scale by the left. From Zero Hedge, there's a couple articles I have here that I referenced last week. I did not want you to think I was making it up, so I'm just going to read you the titles. You can go look at the articles if you want. I said this, and I said I might mention it. Here it is. Zero Hedge, more wildfires are burning in Angola and Congo than Brazil. 
Nobody mentions that anywhere, but that's what's going on in the world. Weather Source recorded 6,902 fires in Angola over the past 48 hours, 3,395 in the Democrat Republic of Congo, and only 2,127 in Brazil. So they are up at 10,000 fires in Africa in only those two places, and they're at 2,000 in, in Brazil, and all they want to do is have control over Brazil. Why? because they have the leader that sides with Trump. They got rid of that guy Lula, who was you know, a socialist. He was trying to devaluate or destabilize the US dollar along with the BRICS initiative. What is that? Um, Brazil, Russia, BRICS. Anyway, the, the countries of the BRICS. They were trying to destabilize the US dollar, and now they have somebody that is not doing that, and they are trying to get him some other way, and it's by getting popular opinion against him. Hopefully it doesn't work. And then the second article is, from uh, nasa.gov. As of August 16th, 2019, an analysis of NASA satellite data indicated that total fire activity across the Amazon basin this year has been close to the average in comparison to the past 15 years. I told you that. I wanted to make sure that you uh, knew that I wasn't making that up. It's from nasa.gov, and you can go look that up. So what I said last week is now verifiable to you. Okay, two articles that have nothing to do with climate schlimate. Zero Hedge. California governor blames Texas for California's policies that caused the homeless crisis. Yes, he's blaming Texas. Gavin Newsom blamed the state of Texas for California's homeless crisis. He said that it's the fault of Texas. Newsom said many homeless people on the streets of San Francisco are from Texas. And so it's their fault for sending them out to California. Yeah. PJ Media. Well, this is what they have to do. They're insane. They've got these liberal policies that don't work. They've got to project it somewhere, so let's blame Texas. PJ Media. Hasbro. Hasbro is a conservative-run company. Did you know that? Hasbro has a new monopoly socialism game, and socialists are not happy. It's entitled, Winning is for Capitalists. Yes, they're not going to sell many of those to the left, but that's rather funny, and it's a real game that's out there now. You can buy it yourself, kids. Okay, i got a Lesrick for you. Let's see if you can figure out what this is talking about. It's actually not a lesserick this week. Uh, Kathy did a poem, and uh, so I'll read you that. Just enough truth not to sound like a lie. Who follows the Pope is likely to die. With sorrow we Christians must rally to pray, and with Jesus' love give light to their way. I had somebody email me uh, just last night. I emailed her, and she emailed back, uh, read it this morning. This is a person that is out in Utah, I think is where, yes, Utah, and she's an ex-Catholic. She met the Lord. She watches the superior word things online, and I told her, it is so surprising to me how many people, ex-Catholics, attend the superior word both here and online. It's because Catholics understand that there is a deficiency in Roman Catholicism. They don't know what it is, they don't know where to go for it, but when they find the Word of God, they become alive for the first time in their life. And you know that. You here that we're in Catholicism know that this is true. We preach the Word of God from the Word of God. There's no goofy stuff in the sermons. It is an analyzing it, and it is giving you what is pointing to Jesus Christ, not Mary or anybody else. And it blessed my heart to receive that email last night and then the second one that she sent me today to know that people that are stuck in Catholicism can be brought out of that, all right? 
You know, and the thing about Catholics is they've got all the right doctrine. They know the Trinity. They know the deity of Christ. They know this and that. But they've got all the garbage along with it. And when they can get rid of the garbage and have just the doctrine, they become alive in Christ. It is wonderful. Anyway, before I give you our irony, I'd like to say that we have, oh, I said it earlier about the uh, Sergio and Rhoda video. I did mention that. I'm going to say it again. There is a link at the end of it. It's called Gilgal Rephaim, and it is about this monolithic structure that was built by this uh, group of people eons ago, and it is a very interesting video. You will be blessed. I will assure you that right now, so please click on that video when you're done watching the Prophecy Update. Here's our irony. Okay, now the first one is their irony because they are together. They came out on the same newspaper on the same day, both from AP. Okay, the first one is sad, the second one is good, but the irony is the subject of these two, and they were right after each other on AP on the same day, okay? I call this the taco giveth and the taco taketh away. From AP, taco takes man's life. He choked on a taco in a taco eating contest. The second one, taco saves man's life. A dog named Taco saved its owner, and there he was in the hospital with his dog Taco. So the Taco giveth and the taco taketh away. Such is the world we live in, from Sarasota, Florida, to Ulaanbaatar, Mongolia. I'm Charlie Garrett. This is the Superior Word, and that is your Prophecy Update for the week.